So our theme for the month has been on the image of God, and I decided I, I would uh, keep in, within that theme and uh, teach a, a, a Bible study I've, I have taught before, I think, of, uh, a while back, and I thought it'd be good to teach on it again, particularly with the theme that we're talking about, the image of God. And this Bible study is entitled, The Mirror in the Man. I know we've heard the Michael Jackson song about the man in the mirror, but I want to talk about the mirror in the man. And uh, we'll, we'll, that'll make a lot more sense as we, we dive into that. Now, we are going to talk about the man in the mirror as well. Don't get me wrong. But the primary focus is going to be on the mirror in the man. And we'll be looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 18 uh, in discussing this topic. And again, our subject for the or theme for the month has been on the image of God about us being uh, image bearers, that we are ambassadors, we are God's representatives on earth, and that we are to reflect His glory and His uh, characteristics and attributes as image bearers on the earth. And we're going to be diving into that as we get into this lesson. Without further ado, though, let's get into our main text, Second Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 18, which simply says this, Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away." Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And the verse I want to focus on, verse number 18, which says, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. So the Bible talks about that whenever we uh, behold God's glory, that there is a transformation that occurs within us, that we are changed in the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And we're going to dissect that verse uh, a little bit later on as we go through the Bible study. But as, we're, as I stated earlier, that the theme for this month is the, is the image of God. And what I want, really want to uh, get across to you this evening is that image really is everything, particularly uh, within the body of Christ. This is true really in any facet of life or with any human being. That image is everything, but it really is quite the case, especially within the body of Christ. As we've heard many times before in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, when God was creating man, the Bible says, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Some things I want to really point out here is that the primary definition of man is God's image and likeness. When we start talking about humanity, we have to always talk about it in those terms of being made in the image and the likeness of God. When people try to um, make the case, for example, uh, for abortion or, uh, or killing babies and so on, that you know, they're not at a certain developmental stage, so we can't even define them as being human, and other arguments that really try to steal away their significance and their humanity, they're all really missing the point about us being image bearers, and that being the image of God is not necessarily a physical characteristic or an attribute, but it's a position that God has given to mankind, which cannot be taken away by anyone or by any man, because it is a God-given thing that any human being is made in the image of God. It's not something that you can that that occurs necessarily at a certain stage in development. The moment that that child is conceived, it becomes the, an image bearer of God, which is why that it's it's wrong. Uh, and, 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 of course, uh, aborting the baby. A little side note, but just putting that in there. The primary definition of man is God's image and likeness. Image is the foundation for identity. The way that you relate uh, to, or you derive your identity, which then uh, dictates your behavior, is how you see yourself. You, based upon how you, you see yourself, that is how you define what your identity is. And based upon your identity, that will affect your choices and the way that also you perceive other things. Uh, for example, and I've, I've used this example before, particularly when I was talking about putting on the new man. Um, whenever, if you put on a certain outfit or certain clothing, it makes you also take on a certain persona of what that clothing was made for. 
So, for example, if you dressed up like Superman or you dressed up like Spider-Man or let's say you put on a policeman's uniform or let's say a military uniform, the moment you put that outfit on and you had that, you start to take on that image of that particular job or function, your behavior begins to change. You'll start to talk more like a law enforcement officer or like a soldier or like Superman or Batman or something else. You start taking on that persona because the way you derive your identities is based upon how you see yourself, which is your image. Now, what's interesting is all action is based upon self-image and identity, all, all of it. The reason why we make the choices we do is because we identify ourselves as being a, a such and such. Now, what's interesting is about identity and sp- particularly self-image is that self-image is derived by reflection or the image returned back to oneself. You cannot derive your identity or what your image is without someone or something telling you. You'd have no idea what you look like if there was no reflective surfaces that existed. Or let's say you saw a video footage or something, something that was telling you or giving you feedback about yourself. You'd have no idea what you are or what your identity is. Self-image is, de- is derived through, and that's a big point, through reflection by what things, what your environment or what um, outside sources are telling you what you are. So you derive your self-image from uh, reflection, from what your environment is reflecting back to you. So, for example, people who have a bad self-image typically are in an environment where all the reflective surfaces are telling them that you are this, you're a failure, you're a loser, or you're ugly, or you're hideous, or whatever, because everything around them is telling them that. That's their only source of information, and because they internalize that self-image, they then took on, take on a bad persona and a bad identity, which then causes the, their behavior to go in alignment with that, that identity. If a person is always told that you're a loser, you're a nobody, or that you're an angry person, everything's telling you that you'll never succeed, that's the identity they take on, and then those are the choices that they will make that's in alignment with that identity. Hopefully I'm making sense so far. So your identity and your self-image is derived from reflection from other sources telling you or feeding back information to yourself. Image, therefore, is really everything. So the object that does this best, of course, is a mirror. And without it, we have no reflection and no self-image. Now, here's the thing. In order for us to really be an image of God, we'd have to have something to tell us what our function is or to reflect back to us our our self-image so that we can identify with God and therefore take on the image of God and reflect God's image. So God, we had no uh, self-image. So God then had to basically... When he created man, he gave it a mirror to derive its self-image so that it knew its identity, function, and purpose. And that mirror was God's word. When God made man, he gave them a command. He gave them his word that gave them the parameters, that gave them the definition of what they are. And from that, they could derive an identity and a self-image. Genesis 1 verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So God's word acts like a mirror. Again, you would have no idea what you what your image is, what your identity is, without there being something reflective that's that's feeding you back that information to get that uh, identity or get that image. So God gave His word. His word was the mirror that told mankind, "This is what you are. This is your identity. This is your function." This is your purpose. This is why you are here. That is that really is how we derive our image is through the word of God. The thing is, though, the image was destroyed when the fall occurred. So, again, God defined man's image by the mirror of his word. Satan knew this, so he replaced the mirror of God's word by introducing a lie. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 says this, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So what he did is he started introducing a lie, something contradictory to what the mirror of God's word was telling them. And then it, this got man to doubt what that mirror was telling them, which was the source of their identity, the source of their self-image. And when that image was destroyed by this lie, they internalized the new lie, the new image that Satan was giving. The, their image was destroyed. They no longer were able to truly reflect God's image and God's glory. So in the fall, man lost the mirror. We lost God's word. 
We disregarded that. And in doing so, we lost his self-image, and which then caused it to lose its identity, purpose, and function. Its image became distorted. It not only lost its own image, but God's image, because man was made in his image. From that point onward, man has tried to find its reflection by looking at everything around it. So now you have a, you have a primary source that defines what you are. What your self-image is, that has now been destroyed. It's been shattered. It's been cracked by this lie that has been introduced by Satan. You no longer look to that as a reflective uh, surface. You no, no longer look to that as a way of deriving identity. So now man has no way of knowing what it is. And so now it's looking for something to define what it is. And if you look at the narrative of Scripture, and you look at especially in today's culture and modern society, mankind has no idea how to identify itself. It's just why we have a thousand definitions for all sorts of different things. We can't, we can't tell what a man is. We can't tell what a woman is. We don't know what anything is. Because man has no way of truly deriving its identity, its self-image. Because it's looking at something to reflect back to it, to tell it truly what it is. And because there's many different services, many different mirrors, we have different images that we get. So now we have an identity crisis. So here's the thing. Here's how this, this, this happened. So man feared and hated the mirror... Because it no longer showed God's righteous beauty, but instead its own hideous wickedness. The word of God is a mirror, and it will show you what you are. So if you're righteous, it's going to reflect righteousness. It's going to show you that you're righteous because you're doing the things that God has said. If you're wicked, it's going to unveil the wickedness of your heart, which is why a lot of people don't preach the word of God in its entirety, in its purity, because when it's truly preached, it will reveal the thoughts, it's a discern of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Man didn't want to see its image anymore. It did not want to look at this thing that tell, tell it that, or told it that it's wicked, it's, it's unrighteous, it's evil, it's a sinner. I don't want to hear all that stuff. So it was afraid to look in the mirror. And I've been there. I've, I know what that feels like to, when you're afraid to even see your own reflection because you don't like the image that you see. So it, it, it didn't like that because it, it no longer reflected Mankind no longer reflected God's righteousness and his holiness. Since man still seeks to define itself, however, or discover its identity, it still needed a mirror. I need something to tell me what I am. I need some, some sort of feedback, some sort of reflection to help me derive what my identity is and what my image is. So man embraced the distorted image that Satan created. Satan creates a, a false dichotomy. He creates a false image, a false narrative that says, oh, yeah, you're okay. You don't need a Savior. You don't need righteousness. You don't need holiness. You can do whatever you want. He creates this false persona. And we like that. We like the mirror telling us all the good stuff. And so because that man's image became all messed up. Now, here's the thing. You ever ask yourself, how do you even see a reflection? How does a reflection even work? When you look in a mirror, how, what is happening in the laws of physics for your image to be reproduced perfectly in this portal that you're looking at in this mirror. What happens is this. Light bounces off of you towards another surface, and that surface then bounces the light back to your, our eyes, producing an image of yourself. So what happens is reflection is really is the light bouncing off of multiple surfaces. So what happens you have a light source. For example, in order for you to see me, my body actually has to reflect some of the light. If my body didn't reflect any of the light, I'd be invisible. The light would just go through me. So my body is actually reflecting the light that's, that's hitting it. So we have a light source. It's hitting my body. The light source is bouncing off of my body, and it's hitting the mirror, which then is going to my eyes, which is how I'm able to see my own image. It kind of looks something like this. So you have a light source. It's hitting uh, the, this person standing in the mirror. It hits the mirror, which goes back to the eyes, which then reproduces the image that you're seeing. So it, it, light travels through many different I guess, uh, surfaces before it actually gets to your eyes for you to actually see your own reflection. And it's all happening all in an instant. All that's happening instantly at the speed of light as light is hitting your, your body and bouncing off you towards the reflective surface. So now we have an image problem. Man was doomed to failure in finding its reflection in its surroundings because the reflection of an image can only be pr produced if the surface the, that the light contacts is smooth with no impurities. Otherwise, the light is diffused or scattered and never returns to our eyes to reproduce our image. For example, why is it that when I look at, a, let's say, you know, a chair or I can look at a wall, but I don't see my reflection in it, but I can look at a mirror and I can see my reflection in it? Light is bouncing off of both objects. The reason why is because a wall or a chair or anything else that you see, it's not perfectly smooth, which means that whenever light hits it, it scatters it. So it doesn't 
all the light is not getting back to your eyes to reproduce the image. All it can do is re- reflect enough of, its, uh, of the light to show itself, but not enough of it to show yourself. So the thing is, that light is scattered whenever it hits an object. So the thing is, when man is trying to find something to tell what it is, but there's nothing reflective enough, smooth enough, pure enough to reproduce what the true image is. So it's looking at all creation, looking at the wall, looking at the sun, looking at the moon, looking at the stars, looking at animals, creatures, the beasts of the field, looking at something that would reflect enough of itself to derive its self-image. But the only thing that's smooth enough, that's pure enough to truly reproduce what you look like is a mirror. And the word of God is the only, only thing that's smooth enough and pure enough to do that. Psalms 12 verse 6 says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. The only way you can derive your self-image is by looking at something that is pure, purely smooth, and has the integrity to truly reflect and reproduce the light and the image that is there. But because mankind doesn't have the Word of God, or mankind is not looking to the Word of God, looking at everything else, the light that hits it just bounces off, and you don't get the full image. So again, changing the image, as I stated earlier, all visible objects have some reflectivity, but not enough to rep- reproduce the reflection or, or uh, of another image. So creation does show aspects of God's image of His glory, but never the full picture. Nevertheless, man looked to creation to see itself. The thing is, you can see parts of God's character and attributes in creation. You can. That's why Paul said in Romans chapter 1 verse 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. When I look at the stars, and I look at the moon, I look at creation, I can see aspects of God's glory. Aspects or parts of God's intelligence, of his wisdom, of his design. That's why the Bible says in Psalms 19.1 that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. So by looking at my surroundings, I can to a certain degree get an idea of what God's image is like. But none of these things can fully truly represent God's character and God's attributes. Paul goes on to say in verse 21, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. This is why you see so much idolatry. When you look at the narrative of the Old Testament, the history of Israel, and look at all the, the nations, the heathen nations that surrounded Israel, you see them all worshiping these idols, these graven images. And these images, they look like fish. They look like birds, as, as the scripture says. They look like bulls. They look like the sun. They look like half man, half, you know, whatever horse. All this stuff, all the Greek mythology gods. You look think of all the gods that have been invented. Why is that? Because man is trying to find out what it is. Because whatever you worship and whatever you adore, you identify with and you derive worth and value and self-image uh, from. You look, I mean, look at this. You can go on the streets of Milwaukee right now, and you can tell by the way that people dress, by the way they speak, who they admire, who they adore, and who they listen to. You can tell which rapper they like, which athlete they like, by the attire they adorn, and how they carry themselves. Because whatever you adore, whatever you treasure, you begin to emulate, you begin to imitate you imitate the thing that you value and that you worship. And so as these, these uh, human beings began to look for its image and they worshipped all these things, they, what they really were worshipping were devils, which is why all their behavior was so devilish, why they were you know, sacrificing children and, and doing all these horrible things, murdering each other, cannibalism, all the evil and wicked things that they were doing was because they were emulating the thing that they worship. And that's what you see, particularly in the music industry, that uh, as you go, you see these people worshiping these different artists and different actors and so on, they become what they look like, or what they emulate, what they identify with, what they admire and adore. So creating its image, when that failed, man constructed its own mirrors in an attempt to see its reflection, its image. It did this by creating its own images. Psalms 115 verse 4, their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. 
They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them, so is everyone that trusted in them. They're worshiping these dead idols, so they themselves were dead. They became the very thing that they were worshiping. So man in himself, Jeremiah 10 verse 23 says, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Man cannot derive its identity in of itself. It needs something to reflect a reflection, something to tell it, a source to really give it the proper information in order to derive its self-image and its identity. Jeremiah 10 14 says, Every man is brutish in his knowledge. Every founder, someone who creates idols, every founder is confounded by the graven image. For the, his molten image is falsehood, and there is no breath in them. They're, they're confused. And that's what we have. We have confusion as people are trying to figure out, what am I? Where, who am I? What is my purpose? What is my function in life? Why am I here on this planet? Why do I even exist? There's all this confusion that's going on, which is why we're seeing so much mayhem and chaos, in, uh, particularly uh, in the American culture, in this, in this end-time harvest that we're in, because people do not have a proper uh, understanding of what their image is. And so we, we're like this picture. And we've, we've, we've done it. You know, we've all done this to ourselves and to some degree. You know, we're, you know and he's, he's, the image he sees in the mirror is this buff guy with a six-pack and huge biceps. Just looks really handsome and really, you know, he's got a full head of hair and everything. But he's actually a scrawny, you know, you know got, got the Colosseum haircut going on. And what, this, what you're seeing here is what we call self-deception. Self-deception is when you project an image that you really aren't. Some that's not there, and you believe the very projection that you're, you're creating, the image that you're creating. So man created philosophies, religions, and ideologies that possess some reflectivity or righteousness and morality, but not the full image. Man is doomed to frustration as it attempts to see its reflection in images that cannot reflect its true image. It is doomed to deception as it fabricates a false image of righteousness in its sinful works. So man is saying, I'm a good guy. I'm a righteous person. I don't, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not that bad. Right? We create this image and we do it through philosophies. We do it through morality, through, through different religions. They're creating different images, different uh, mirrors to basically tell it, I'm righteous. I'm in good standing. I'm an okay person. I'm ethical. I'm moral. But, no, and some of these other religions, they do possess some uh, morality, some things that are good and some things are righteous, but they do not depict the full spectrum or the full image of what righteousness truly is. And so we have human beings that are partaking in things, practices, customs, uh, traditions that make them feel good, that make them feel righteous, that make them feel, I have a good identity, I have a good self-image, but it is self-deception. Jesus was very clear in John 14, 6, that he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am the only way through which righteousness can be attained. I am the only way through which you can really derive your identity, your value, and your self-worth. If you try and do it any other way, they're all going to lie to you or deceive you in some way because they do not fully represent what your image is or what the image of God is. Galatians 6.3 says, For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Mankind is so drunk on its own idea of self-aggrandizement, of, of grandeur, so drunk on its intellect and on its technology, on its inventions, on its achievements, on its accolades, and all the things that it's done. It is drunk on Tesla. It's drunk on NASA. It's drunk on cell phones. It's drunk on, on Twitter. It's drunk on all the you know, smartphones, tablets, computers, laptops, Artificial intelligence. We marvel at our own genius and our own intellect. And we think, wow, we're so suchy much. And we pat ourselves on the back. We have arrived because we can explain all the phenomena that occurs within the universe with Big Bang theories and quantum string theory and all sorts of other things. And we, we marvel at ourselves. We think we're pretty good. Self-deception. It's self-deception. We are trying to define ourselves by ourselves as opposed to looking to an outside source, another referent with which to truly validate and verify the veracity of our claims. So here's the thing. Here's how you see stuff. For example, colors. So you all know that within uh, sunlight are all the colors of the rainbow. All the, the passages talked about this last week. Uh, and last, last week's Bible study. And the thing is, the reason why you see co a certain color is because that object, it absorbs all the other colors 
of the rainbow. And the one color that you're able to see is the one color that that object's able to reflect. So my, my shirt is purple. My shirt is, absorb, is absorbing all the other colors that are in the, the visible spectrum. The only thing that it's able to reflect is the color purple. Uh, didn't mean to say that. It is Black History Month, but anyway. That, that, was, that was an accident. I didn't actually mean to say that. <laughs> yes, I, I'm, not, I'm not reflecting that movie, but anyway. You get what I'm trying to say. It's reflecting the color purple. Should have worn this shirt. Anyway, so it's only able to reflect one aspect of the full spectrum of the light. In the same sense that creation is only able to reflect one aspect or a partial aspect of God's goodness and his majesty and his glory. I mean, when you look at just the, the marvel of the human body, its intricacies, the, the, the neurons that are in your brain that are firing right now, the, the, the auditory nerves and your, your visual receptors, all the, the complexities of how the human body operates, it is a, a mind-boggling thing. And that in of itself reflects and shows that there is a designer, there is a creator. Again, you can look at all creation. And you can see different parts of the spectrum of God's goodness, of God's mercy. Every time you hear the waves crash on the shore, every time you look at a sunrise, every time you look at a starlit sky and see, see meteorites going across the, the, the atmosphere, you're seeing parts of the spectrum of God's infinite, eternal goodness. But these things, as I said before, they cannot fully reflect, they cannot fully represent God's image. And so what we have here is we have an image problem, as I said before. You know, we have this picture here. We have this lady. She's doing her makeup, and the mirror is showing her how ugly she truly is. And that's really what, what we really look like spiritually apart from Jesus Christ. We are hideous. We are despicable. We are just bags of, of dust and clay. We are we're nothing was what we really look like apart from, from Christ. Uh, so that man would see itself, God sent a mirror called the law to expose our sinful estate. Prior uh, to the Mosaic Covenant, uh, there was no established laws necessarily. There was certain, certain laws that God had, had established, but it wasn't as spelled out. And as you saw, the, the moral and ethical decay of mankind from Adam all the way to Noah, how mankind became plunged into such depths um, of depravity, of moral wickedness, that it, the Bible says that in Genesis 6, that it grieved the heart of God, that he had even made man. He regretted even making man because of their wickedness and their unrighteousness, their evilness, their, their, their spiritual depravity. And so God had to give man a mirror. Oh, you think you're so hot? You think you're so so amazing? You think you're so beautiful? You think you're so good? Let me show you. There's at least 613 things you're doing wrong called the Torah. This is going to show you all the thou shalt's and thou shalt nots. Because what the law does, 1 John 3, 4, is, is that it ex- exposes sin. For where there is no law, there is no sin. The law, it exposes sin because it defines what is right and what is wrong. It excludes and, uh, what is wrong and it includes what is right. And by doing this, God began to replicate the image of what we looked like apart from him after we had embraced the lie that Satan had given. Romans 7 verse 12. Wherefore the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid, but sin that it might appear sin. Working death in me by that which is good. That sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. The whole purpose of the law was to show us how jacked up we were. That was the real point of it. It was to show us that you cannot make it without God. You think you're righteous? Okay, here's... You, know, you have to keep the Sabbath. You can't have two different cloths that are interwoven with each other. You can't plant, plant two crops next to each other. You can't inter, intermarry with certain uh, uh, other nations. You can't do that. You go down the list. You know, you have to bring your turtle doves and your bull and your goats on certain feast days. And you go down the list of all these different laws that were there. And what they were trying to do is, just, is to show how man cannot do it on its own. It was a mirror to show us how horrible we are, you know. It's like, you know, we're going on American Idol and we think we are like, you know, Whitney Houston. And we sound like, you know, just a hot mess. And we need like a Simon Cowell to just tell us like, pathetic, rubbish. You know, we need somebody (laughs) to set us straight. And that's what the Word of God does. It sets us straight. No, you're a hot mess. Sit sit your tail down, all right? No, you're not getting a Grammy. It's not happening. Please, you know, 
Stop it, okay? We, we need the word of God to slap us upside the back of the head to put some sense in us because we think we got it all together when we don't. We don't. We don't have it all together. So now, the perfect image. I'm talking about the perfect image here. So that mirror wasn't enough because it only showed us what we are, but not what we should be. It reflected our wicked image, but didn't reflect his righteous image. So he sent the perfect mirror that would show us both. And that mirror was Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 says this. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So Jesus Christ comes, he is the expressed image of what God is. He perfectly models what God is, reflects and, and, and projects what God is uh, in the earth, and shows man not only what it shouldn't be, not all the thou shalt nots, but shows it what it can be. And not only that, it also helps it become what it can be. Because the law, all it did was demand righteousness. While grace, which came through Jesus Christ, made you righteous. It made you eligible. It gave you the ability to inherit the grace and the goodness that God had, had was, uh, was affording to us or providing for us. Well, the law just demanded, like, you got to be righteous. Well, the law, well, grace through Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, it makes a person righteous. Anyway, let's move on here. Let's go here. Okay. So the light of the world. Now, in order to see anything, you need a light source. So there are two things that you need to see anything. First, you need a light source, like the sun that illuminates the world. God's grace shines upon us all. Uh, John chapter 8, verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So God was going to expose us and show us the image. And so he provided a light source through Jesus Christ. Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Just as the sign shines in everyone, God's grace is available to everyone. Anyone, as I stated even last Sunday, that whosoever shall call on the Lord shall be saved or shall be delivered. God's grace is available to anyone who wants to, who believes in Jesus Christ, anyone who wants to be saved. It's available. Jesus Christ has come to shine his light on everyone. Now notice this, these two things, the light and the grace. John 1.14, and the word, talking about Christ, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When Christ came, he came to bring grace. He's shown his grace on all people, that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. He provided it for everybody so that they could be saved, so they could eventually become image bearers of who God actually is. Now, Jesus Christ... Actually, let me just... Before I read this, let's look at this uh, picture. So this man is looking in the mirror. Do you see something interesting about this image, this picture here? He didn't see his reflection. <laughs> There's no reflection here in this mirror. Jesus Christ's love and grace shines upon all of mankind, but that isn't enough for us to see ourselves. Despite God providing light and a mirror to see our reflection, people still don't see. The question is why. When light makes contact with an object or surface, there are three things that happen. We have a lot of spiritual vampires. They have no reflection. <laughs> they look in the mirror and they, they just seem to not reflect anything. They don't, they're just like, oh, I'm not there. There, when light hits something, there are three things that happen. From Just from a physical standpoint, then we'll make some spiritual extrapolations from this. So right now, in this room, as light is, is being shown from our light sources here, there are three things that are, that are occurring right now in this room. Those three things are transmission, absorption, or reflection. One of these three things are going to occur whenever light touches the surface on something. It will either be transmitted, be absorbed... Or it will be reflected. It will, be, it will bounce off of the surface. And what do these three things represent? They're, this represents, I think, three different types of people when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ being preached. When the light of God's word begins to shine on people, they are going to react in one of these three ways. They're either going to uh, allow the light to be transmitted, be absorbed, or reflect. Let's break these down in further detail. 
So first, transmission. So transmission is when the light passes through the object when it contacts the surface. For example, a window. When light hits a window, it just goes right through it. That's why if you're looking through a window and the sun's shining, you can still see the sun because it has enough translucency to, to transmit that light through it to your, to your eyes so that you can see. James chapter 122, I want you to listen very carefully to this. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Notice that deceiving your own selves part. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding, and I have the Greek word there, katanoia, his natural face in a glass, which is esoptron, for he beholdeth katanoia himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Uh, but whosoever, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now, I'm going to break down the, the words here. Esoptron means a mirror. A mirror, the mirrors of the ancients were made of, uh, not of glass, but of steel, but they were still reflective. Those were the types of mirrors that they used back then. Katanoi means to consider, behold, perceive, discover, to perceive, remark, observe, understand, to consider, attentively, fix one's eyes or mind upon. Paracupto means sloop down, look to stoop to a thing in order to look at it, to look at, at with head bowed uh, forward, to look into the Look into with the, the body bent, to look carefully into, inspect curiously of one who would become acquainted with something. Now, I want to read this verse again with some of these definitions and try to explain to you what I'm trying to get at here. Because here's what's happening. When the Word of God is preached or taught, we have some people who just transmit. What I mean by that is it goes in one ear and out the other. Doesn't stick like a window. None of the light gets into them. Just goes one ear out the other. Yeah, Jesus loves me. Yeah, down the cross, all this stuff, resurrection from the grave. Bye. I'm, that's great. I'm moving on with my life. You're right. Right? They're hearers of the word, but they are not doers of the word. They don't capture the word in them. They just, it just in one ear, out the other, just like windows. And so when people look at them, the light might be shining, but they don't really, you know, they're not reflecting anything. It's just, just out. Yeah, I went to church last night and heard a good message, or I went to Bible study on Tuesday night, heard a good message, but none of it stuck with me. It is went in one ear and out the other. Let's read this again. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. So it's like this. You get up in the morning, all right? You a hot mess. Hair all messed up. You know, drool hanging off your face. All right, you, you're just a hot mess. You go to the mirror. You're brushing your, maybe you're brushing your teeth or whatever. Um, you go there, you see that you're you're not right, okay? Pimples and zits and greasy face, all that stuff. And you see yourself. You see that you're a hot mess. But you think, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to still go to work like this anyway, right? You know, you're the proverbial person who walks out of the bathroom with a piece of toilet paper stuck to their shoe. You know, you, 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 you see that something is wrong, but you do nothing to correct it. He's like a person who looks himself in the mirror, sees what's wrong, but does nothing to change it. He is like unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Yeah, the word of God has shown me I'm a sinner. Yeah, the word of God shows me I'm messed up in this area. I'm, I'm messing with stuff I should be messing with. But I'm good. I'm straight. I'm not going to do anything. Even though I see the image, I'm doing nothing to correct it. I'm just let the word of God just go in one ear out the other. I'm just going to just let it transmit. Just not, it's not sticking with me. It's not going to change me. It's not going to make any difference in my life. Then we have the next type of person. Absorption. So absorption, some of the light is retained within the object and converted into another form of energy such as heat. This is exactly what uh, uh, happened to Satan who became the prince of darkness. So the reason why something is black or something that's dark colored is because it's absorbing all of the light of the spectrum. The thing is, what happens is whenever light is absorbed, it is converted into heat energy, which is why they say, you know, like uh, in a very hot day, you don't want to work very, uh, wear dark clothing because when darker colors absorb light and they absorb, basically gets converted into heat. And so now we have Satan, which is a very interesting character because he is called Lucifer, the son of the morning. He's caused this, he's called this being who is a being of, of, light, right? And he's supposed to be someone who's supposed to be reflecting God's glory in many ways. Now look what the scripture says about him in Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 17. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. Notice this. 
I'm going to read that again. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from thee, from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to the ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. Satan didn't want to reflect God's glory. He wanted all the glory to himself. He wanted to absorb all of that glory to himself. And when you have something that absorbs all of the light, it eventually combusts. It produces heat. And so God says, all right, you want to try and take all all of my glory, all my credit? Here's what's going to happen to you. You're going to combust. There's going to be a fire that's going to develop in the midst of thee and devour thee. Called the lake of fire. He's going to be thrown to the lake of fire. So Satan's trying to absorb all this credit, trying to take. And you have people that are like that. People say, oh, yeah, I made it on my own. I, I don't need God. I, I, I take all the credit for what I am. I'm a self-made millionaire. God did nothing for me. All my intellect, all of my skills, all of my talents are all mine. What are they doing? They're trying to absorb all of the light. They're trying to take all of God's glory. And because of that, they're going to combust one day. They're going to be set on fire one day. Because they did not give God the glory. What did Romans 1 say? When they knew God, they glorified him not. Neither were they thankful. They showed no gratitude to God. They absorbed all of the light, all the goodness that God did, all the blessings that God poured on them. They just absorbed it and gave God no glory. Those type of people who walk in arrogance and pride, who try to absorb the light but don't try to reflect it, there's a fire. That's going to be kindled inside of them. And there, that's what happens. There's some people who just ignore the message. There's some people, they, they take the message and they take all the credit for any, any type of change or any type of goodness that's in them. And those type of people are self-deceived. They're arrogant. They're prideful. And they will be judged. So Satan used to reflect God's glory, but then decided to retain it for himself. For thousands of years, he has been absorbing God's uh, light and glory, but such absorption causes heat to build. Because of this, he is going to burst into flames. That's why Satan is called the prince of darkness. Because he will not, he refuses to reflect any of God's goodness, any of God's glory. He just absorbs all. And whenever light is absorbed, all you have is darkness. He is called the prince of darkness. That's what we're fighting against. We're, we're fighting against beings who refuse to reflect God's glory, to submit under his authority. That's what we're fighting in spiritual warfare. That's why the word of God is called the light source. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. They refuse to reflect or to agree or to submit unto the word of God. And because of that, they are going to be judged. And they're trying to absorb all that energy, and they can't contain all that. They're going to spontaneously combust. They're going to go in the lake of fire. It's a terrible thing, but that's what's happening. People are, are sticking the middle finger up to God, saying, I don't need God, I don't want God. Even though God has blessed them, again, he, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. He makes the sun to rise on the, on the wicked and on the good people. He's, he's given all this stuff, all the things that God has done for humanity, but yet humanity rejects God. They're just, because of their arrogance, they refuse to humble themselves and admit that they're sinners, that they need Christ, they need a Savior. So then the third thing happens. So either you have people who just are apathetic, just don't care. They just, the word just goes in them and out of them like nothing. Then you have people who absorb all the credit. They think everything they, every good thing that happens in their life is because of them. They give God no glory. Or you have reflection. So Paul writing, let's go to our main text now. With that understanding, let's, let's really dissect what Paul is talking about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So Paul, writing to the Corinthian church, explains to them that God's glory is hidden from the Jews because of a veil. They cannot see Christ as being the Messiah because there's something obstructing their field of view, their field of vision here. 2 Corinthians 3.12, seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look at to the end of that which is abolished. Now, here's what happened. If you know the story, that Moses went on Mount Sinai, and he spent 40 days in the very presence and the glory of God. When he came back, what happened to him? He was reflecting God's glory. The Bible says that, again, I hate to use another Last Dragon re- uh, reference, but he had the glow. You know, he was glowing. He was illuminating. He was ra- he literally was radiating God's glory. 
Needless to say, seeing a man that emits light is kind of freaky. So the Jews, you know, they, the Israelites were freaking out. They were scared, like, oh, whoa, what, you know, could you please like, cover that up, you know, put on some, some makeup, do something? Because I'm not, I'm not cool with this, uh, this radiation thing happening. I'm not, I'm not good with that, all right? The Jews were scared to look at Moses. Moses' face had so much of, he, he had, was reflecting so much of God's glory that it frightened them. <laughs> that in and of itself will preach. Some people are really scared of the holiness and the righteousness, the light that's inside of us. That it frees up. Oh, no, no, don't talk about Jesus. Don't talk about the word. No, I don't want to hear all that. Why? Because they're in darkness. And this is the combination that's come to this world, that men love darkness rather than come into the light. John chapter 3, verse 18 to 19. Our job is to reflect the glory of God. There ought to be so much Holy Ghost on us that it should make sinners itch. Man, I thought something ain't wrong. Something ain't right with me. I need to go to church. But that's what Moses did. Moses spent so much time with God that whenever he came out of his time with God, this mountaintop experience, he was just reflecting God's glory. So much so that the Israelites said, please put a veil over your face. Cover yourself up. All right? We can't take it. So as I said before, Moses spent so much time in the presence of God that he himself became illuminated by reflecting God's glory. And again, people are terrified by this. And people try to hide from the light that re- that's inside of us. Now let's talk about this veil thing. So the glory is Moses... Um, the glory in Moses' face was fading away, uh, uh, fading away, and so people couldn't tell because of the veil. Now, here's the thing. He had this veil over his face, so people still thought he had the glow, he had the glory. But he, the, the, the glory began to fade away because he was no longer in God's presence. He's not the sun. He's like the moon. The moon is not a, is not a light source of itself. It's, it's reflecting the sun's light. And any time that the moon is out of the sun's field of vision or, or, or light source, it's dark, you know. And when, when the earth comes in between the moon and the sun, that's when we have a new moon, you know, or it's, it's at a point where we can't really see it very well. And so the thing is this, that the veil was over Moses and the glory was fading away. In the same sense, we have Christians often have, have an outer covering that provides the illusion that there is glory beneath the surface even though they're empty. We have people in the church who look the part, they got a veil, and we just, and be, oh, they must have a veil. That means there must be some glory under there. They may not have any glory under there. They look righteous. They come in with their hat on and their suit on. They look, they have all the outer trappings of Christianity and righteousness, but there might not be any glory there because they have not been in the presence of God anymore. Oh, that's not, I don't like that. Oh, but, oh, but it's true. But it's true. There's some that come in the church who look holy, who look righteous, but there's a veil that's there and you're just assuming that glory is there when they haven't been in the presence of God and they're no longer reflecting the glory anymore. Sad thing, but it's true. 2 Corinthians 3.14 But their minds were blinded for until the day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. Let me just stop there right now. So Jesus said that uh, the law and the prophets, they all testify of him, you know. Search the scriptures, for in them you think that you have life, but they, te- they are they that testify of me. So even though it's clearly shown that Jesus is the Messiah in the Torah, in the Tanakh, throughout the Old Testament, he's shown as the Messiah. When the Jews read it, they don't see it because there's a veil. There's something covering their eyes, something covering their heart. And what we say, Paul is saying is Jesus is, is done away with the veil. Because remember, when Jesus died on the cross, what happened in the temple? The veil was torn in two. Verse 15, but even to this day when Moses read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. So the thing is, even though Jesus has, is, is, is shown clearly, I am the Messiah, I am Jehovah, I am Yahweh, I am come here to save you from your sins. The Jews have placed another veil over their heart that they do not see God. They don't see God, or they don't see Christ, I should say, in the scriptures themselves, the veil of the heart, and this is I'm, this I'm trying to get to my main point here. Sister Lexi, you had a comment or question on something? Wait a minute, let me get the, the microphone. Let me make sure we get this. You sure? No, you don't want to say it. Okay, all right. If, I'm okay with questions. I like I like questions. Questions are good. It means you're listening. It's all right. Okay, the veil on the heart. There is a veil over the hearts of the Jews, which prevents them from seeing God's glory, and also prevents them from reflecting it. Because of this, they are in darkness. So 
we often, as the Michael Jackson song spoke of so famously, about the man in the mirror. You know, what I've been talking throughout this message primarily is that man in the mirror. We have God's word that is showing us the man in the mirror, showing us our true selves. What we don't understand is if we're to be the image of God, that means we are to reflect him, which means that we need to be a mirror ourselves, which means God has placed inside of every human being a mirror. And what I want to talk to you now about is about the mirror that's in the man. The part of you that reflects back the image of God. And the thing is, the reason why that most of humanity doesn't reflect the image of God is because there is a veil over their heart. There is something there that is covering themselves from really interacting and having intimacy with God. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 3 says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Satan has done his best to deceive, to blot out, to block out, to hinder, to obstruct, to thwart, to overturn and usurp every effort God has made to show himself to mankind. Because if God has a true uh, unobstructed line between man and himself, man will reflect God. And Satan doesn't want that. When we remove all of the stuff, all the distractions, all of the, the cares, all of our ego, all of our arrogance, all of our pride, all of our human uh, um, intuitions, all of our human uh, aspirations and desires out of the way, remove all that stuff, remove the veil out of the way, and there's nothing in between us but there's just us and God intimately, sincerely, honestly, there is a transformation that happens. And when that happens, the heart begins to reflect the righteousness and the goodness and the glory of God. We must remove the veil. In the same sense, there is a veil over man's heart, as it is said, that prevents him from seeing God's glory. This veil, it absorbs the light. And just like Satan, that glory will eventually be converted to heat, which will lead to the combustion and destruction of the person behind the veil. Despite God providing light in a mirror to, to see our reflection, people still don't see why. Because in order to see a reflection, you must have something to reflect. The mirror and the man. Second Corinthians 3 verse 17. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass. And I have the Greek word there. The glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We remove all the sin out of the way. We remove all the human flesh and carnality out of the way. And our spirit is, is exposed. That spirit is like a mirror. And a mirror only reflects what it's, it's directed at. Right? A mirror does not reflect or show an image that's contrary to what it's facing. So if the mirror is facing directly at Jesus Christ... It's going to replicate that image. If our hearts, our spirit, our mind is looking straight at Jesus, unobstructed, unhindered, it is going to reflect and replicate Jesus Christ. So Paul says here, the Greek word that's used here is to show in a mirror. This word for glass, he's actually talking about a mirror. Show in a mirror to make, to reflect, to mirror, to look at oneself in a mirror, to behold oneself in a mirror. You're depressed. You're angry, you're bitter, you're upset, you're anxious, you're confused. Remember that your spirit is a mirror. What is your mirror pointed at? If you're feeling afraid, you're feeling despair, you're feeling depressed, you're feeling anxious, you're feeling self-hatred, you're reflecting something that you're pointed at, that your eyes are directed at. The reason why you have that there is because you're putting your focus, your mirror is imaging what you're looking at. A lot of people look like their circumstances. So if you surround yourself with negativity, you surround yourself with wickedness, or you surround yourself with whatever, you're going to start reflecting it. One of the things I wish, in a sense, we had Christian boot camp. Because in the military... When we want to change Joe Blows off the street into G.I. Joe, what do we do? 
We completely isolate him from his previous environment. We put him in a new environment, and that guy begins to reflect the new environment that he's in. He learns to stand up straight, salute. He learns how to fire a weapon, how to disassemble, reassemble his weapon. He learns how to march. He learns how to defend himself, and he begins to reflect his superior officers. One of the reasons why a lot of people fall away from the church is because they are not around other Christ-like people. And so instead of reflecting the image of Christ, they start reflecting their old buddies that they used to hang out with. Michelle, you had a comment or question this? Hold on just a minute. Let me come to you. I'm almost wrapping this up. We're almost done. Thank you. Um, in regards to this, isn't that kind of called like choking your tree? Choking your own tree? Yes. It's, it's like, okay, you reap what you sow. So if you sow a good seed, you reap that. But in, in regards to what I'm trying to say is, you can actually choke your own tree and you bear fruit that's not. You get what I'm saying? I think I get what you're saying. So you're sowing seeds, right? You're trying to uh, trying to bear the fruit of the spirit. Right? You have the word of God and you're, you're, sowing, you're quoting scriptures. You're trying to get fruit. But the tree isn't growing. The plant isn't growing. And one of the reasons why is because you're not watering it properly. Right? Your, your focus is on other things. And, or, as the scripture says, the deceitfulness and the cares of this world choke. And the reason why that happens is because, again, our mirror is facing on the wrong thing. We're looking at our job. We're looking at our circumstances. We're looking at our bank account. We're looking at the light, up, uh, the light bill. <laughs> Inflation ain't no joke, man. Like, dang. <laughs> like, $13 for a, just a carton of eggs? Like, come on, man. Like, the struggle is real. You're looking at all these things, and this is depressing, Right? And so your spirit begins to mirror what you're looking at. Focus your mirror towards Christ, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, right? When you do that, you'll start to have a different image, which means then you'll take on a different identity. You'll take on a different identity. You have got to clean, get some spiritual Windex, clean the mirror that's in your spirit. Wipe the bird poop off of your windshield. I know that sucks. That stinks, right? You know, you're going about trying to live holy and some bird just plops a big old whatever right on your windshield. I just got this mug cleaned. I just took it to the car wash. And like a thousand geese just decided to fly over my car, over my life. All these problems, all of a sudden the boss decides to give me a paid deduction. The car breaks down. My, these kids getting on my last nerve. Pigeons just thrown up. Get some spiritual windows. Get the spiritual windshield cleaner. Apply the word of God. Say, oh God, created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Why? Because I'm a mirror and I've got to reflect God's glory. And I cannot let anything, a relationship, a career, whatever, I cannot let anything dirty this mirror. No smudges. No fingerprints. No bird poop. <laughs> I can't have this on my mirror because I've got to reflect the glory of God. We need to address the mirror in the man. We need to remove the veil, remove the partition, remove the separation that is keeping us from reflecting God's glory. Analyze yourself. Take inventory of yourself. Are there things in my heart that are smudging the mirror? It's interesting when you get smudges on the mirror. Images get really funny and skewed and distorted. They look, they look very strange when you have different smudges on it. And then you have like, you know, a funhouse mirror. You know, your, your head is like three feet tall and your legs are like an inch long. <laughs> you know, that's basically what the devil has done. He's trying to distort what the image is. We got to get a right image. We got to get back to the word of God. You can't go to Twitter to find out what you really are. You can't go to social media, Instagram. You can't go to Facebook or your auntie, your cousin and them. You can't go to all those guys because they will give you an image that is not accurate. You have got to go to the word of God. Got to go to the source, the true source to derive identity and self-image and self-worth. We are made to reflect. We've spent so much time dealing with the man in the mirror instead of the mirror in the man. Man's purpose is to reflect God's glory. That reflection occurs when we remove the veil from our hearts and expose the mirror of our spirit, which is made in God's image. When we behold God's glory with our faces unveiled, we are changed into the same image and property properly reflect 
his glory. Romans 8, 29 says this, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. God predestines you to reflect his glory. God predestines you to be made the righteousness of God, that you are a new creation in Christ, that you are the head and you're not the tail, that you are a victor and you're not a loser. You are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. You are healed, you are whole. You are a spiritual wrecking ball to the kingdom of darkness and Satan. Devils should tremble at your approach, that people should try to repent and try and change their language when you enter into a room because you are a son of God. That is the image we want to reflect. But the thing is, is our mirror aimed at Christ? Are there things that are in between us? I'm done. Let's, let's stand. My hour's up. I got to quit. <laughs> let's stand. Let's, let's stand. Oh, it's hard. I know. And again, you can't control the geese pooping on your car. That's the thing that's really frustrating. You can't control the birds flowing, flying over your car. You can't control every situation that happens in your life. Sometimes bird poop just happens. You have no control of it. It's not like you did something wrong. It wasn't like you sowed for this. You didn't plant seeds for this to happen. No control of it. No control whatsoever. But what you do with that situation, you do have control with. You can allow that thing to pile up and then you, you can't see out the windshield and you're crashing into fire uh, extingu- uh, hydrants and telephone poles because your windshield is so dirty. That's what happens in the church. People have not allowed God to clean their spirit and so now they're running car wrecks all over the place. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's why we're getting into stuff because we can't see clearly because we're not reflecting God's image properly. And that's why repentance is so key. That's why Paul said, I got to die daily. Daily, I got to get that spiritual Windex and I got to wipe this thing clean. I got to, so I can see, I can see clearly now that the rain is gone. <laughs> I can see all obstacles in my way. <laughs> I can see clearly now the rain is gone. It's going to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. You want to see that, that, that sunshine if your window's clean. I know I'm beating this to death, but I really want you to get this. That we are the image of God and that we have a mirror. Your spirit will reflect what it's aimed at. So if you aim your spirit at the word of God, you aim your spirit at the sun. You reflect the light. Praise God. Hopefully this has blessed you. This has encouraged you in some way.